You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Well, it's film marketing, and this week we're going to be talking about Oppenheimer, which is one of quite a few summer blockbusters that we're seeing uh, coming out across the world this year. We've we've already had the Indiana Jones film, we've had Mission Impossible, and Oppenheimer, and funnily enough, it seems to have gone up against Barbie. And what, mm. what's the what's the port, what's the hash together thing that everybody's calling it? Barbieheimer, is it? Or there's Barbieheimer like and there's Barbenheimer. Depending Barbenheimer. On, I think that Barbenheimer is the one that seems to be more popular as a hashtag. Yeah, okay. But we are going to focus on Oppenheimer. We're not going to get <laughs> sidetracked by Barbie. So let's have a look at the trailer. This is a national emergency. Didn't need a charge. We're in a race against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. Have a 12 month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. Secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Build a town, build it fast. We don't let scientists bring their families. We'll never get the best. Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long? Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing that ever happened in the history of the world? You're the great improviser, but this... you can't do in your head. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. This is a matter of life and death. But I can perform this miracle. World War II would be over. Our boys would come home. That's happening, isn't it? The world will remember this day. Our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen. Until somebody builds a bigger one. You are the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves. And the world is not prepared. 
Truman needs to know what's next. Two. What's next? One. Wow, there's a lot of orange in this marketing. Mm. There's a lot of orange in the um, in the trailer, uh, the explosion of I imagine of the atomic bomb. But there's a lot of orange and a lot of flames across a lot of the marketing, including the posters. Pascal, this is your choice of film. I don't think either of us have seen it, unless you've seen it in the last few days. I definitely no. haven't seen it. So, what 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 drew you to Oppenheimer? So for me, it, it, it was twofold. I, I was thinking, you know, the challenge of um, making a movie about certainly an event or the, the outcome of, of, of an event that we all know it's like, you know, going to see Titanic. I'm thinking, what would you want to go and see a film where you know for a fact that the ship's going to be hit by an ice cube, anybody dies pretty much? What would you want to go and see a film like this? And then what, what is interesting is, is back to because history is important. And there are many ways in which history can be shared. You, know, you can read books, you can go to museums and so on and so forth. And I think the timing is also very, very interesting because sadly, and interviews given by Christopher Nolan reveals that he's of our age group. So he's lived through the Cold War. Um, he remembers certainly the one um, bit in the song from Sting, Russians, about, you know, how can I save my um, little boy from Oppenheimer's deadly toy? Mm -hmm. But he himself wasn't completely au fait of uh, this man, his story, his contribution. We all know vaguely the notion of the Manhattan Project. We all know vaguely the notion of the test and then what happened in Japan and so on. But we we, we, we don't have the thread through. And that, therefore, this is Christopher Nolan's contribution together with all the producers and actors saying, there is a moment in history that we must not forget because more recently we're seeing a return to well, extreme views. We're seeing you know, a return to tension between countries that we believed were, were at peace. And... But how do you still make it something that people can say, this is entertaining, this is cinema, this is something that I want to go and see? And as and uh, for me, it was just fascinating because ultimately you could say this is far, far too dark and somber. I'll pass and go see something far more colorful and glitzy and go and see Barbie. But and on the contrary, if anything, people have gone and see both of them. So I myself, at the time of recording, I'm going tomorrow to go and see Oppenheimer. Yeah, I mean, we will we will undoubtedly um, have to sit through this as well. And, and I'm a bit like you; it's it's a must see film. I, I have to say, it's probably not top of my list. Mm -hmm. I think I think that the the, the, um, the the subject matter is disturbing to a certain extent. And again, it, you know, we 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 always have fond memories of the '80s, thinking back to the music that we <laughs> liked, and thinking back to Kelly Brook and and uh, and Porky's and all that, and. And the happy memories we have of the 80s. But I also remember in the 80s being really quite scared from mm -hmm. time to time. You know, when you hear the area air attack warning, you and your family must take cover, whatever it was. And, you know, those uh, protect and survive leaflets that got put through the door telling us how to create a nuclear um, shelter under the stairs and that sort of thing. So I do have memories of being a child mm. and being scared of the potential of nuclear war. Uh, and and I think that you're right. It is absolutely important that we 
we embrace a film like this. Plus the fact that, of course, it's it's a film by Christopher Nolan, and we have reviewed a few Christopher Nolan films on the show uh, over time. Tenet being one of them. I think he did De Memento as well, didn't That's he? That's right. Yes. Um, and we've we've covered that film, so we know that it's going to be a film that is worth seeing. We know the storytelling will be epic. I imagine there'll be a little bit of time shifting going on because he never tells stories in a linear way, does he? Uh, but that's all thats all part of the way that Christopher Nolan does things. So yeah, definitely, definitely want to see. But what about the marketing, Pascal? Okay, so announcements that, you know, work was underway was 2021-ish, you know. Um, but really, as an audience, you know, people have been forgiven to forget that he was working on that. It was the teaser poster released in the summer of 2022. And, you know, I'll put it for you in the show notes, but it was quite an arresting, um, you know, teaser poster. I mean, literally, um, the, the whole poster is just occupied by a cloud of smoke and dust, we assume, following the nuclear explosion. And it's got that orange, that kind of fire and brimstone, orca um, kind of feel. And there's a dark silhouette you know, at, the, at the very, very bottom, we assume, that to be of um, Oppenheimer. Mm. And you have, which I think is very interesting, so you've got Oppenheimer, which is uh, quite a long a surname, you know, lots of letters to occupy. They announce back then, you know, the date, you know, will be the 21st of July, 2023. But they put the, the, the date, like, stretched out. So the 7th of July is under the letter O, the 21st is under the letter H, and 23. So it's really stretched out, and it makes me think of that kind of... Um, I was doing a physics at college and we tried to memorize, you know, the, the table of all the different numbers and, and symbols and so on, which I still can't to this day, just didn't speak to me. And you have also, which I think is a very, very important, the strap line, the world forever changes. And at the very bottom shot with IMAX film cameras and this ongoing um, theme of the technical kind of challenge and breakthroughs of making the film in IMAX, including black and white IMAX, is something that they repeat over and over again. And I think it's all to do with this idea of um, this needs to be seen at the cinema. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to bring the poster again. Something like only other movies is 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 used uh, quite 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 a bit there. But you know, again, a poster, you go, oh my goodness. I mean, I'm not going to go and see a very pleasant movie. No, I mean, it's a striking poster. It's simple as well. It's gloriously simple. Uh, just as an aside, I think it's quite funny, isn't it? Oppenheimer, what a fabulous name. I mean, it it wouldn't have had the same impact if he'd been called Burt Jones or, or Alex Smith. Smith, would it? You know, Oppenheimer. I mean, it just, somebody who invented such devastating weapons had to have a name like Oppenheimer or Blofeld, didn't it? It couldn't have been something mm. normal. But that's a, that's an aside. That's an aside. And then there was another poster that came out, uh, I think we're talking December 2022, similarly simple, similarly evo evocative, and a very similar colour palette. Yeah, and but this one surprised me because it's such a departure from the, the, the teaser poster and even the one that comes next, which is the official poster. What we have is a close-up of, once again, we assume Oppenheimer's head looking through a portal and the glow, the orange glow of what we have to uh, agree is the explosion when they did the first test and and kind of looking into you know the result of, the, of this creation. And... 
for me, having now read just enough, because I want any spoilers about the making of and the, the, the motivation of Chris Nolan and the others, is back to this idea of a group of individuals who had to go through the anguish of the decision-making to do something truly horrible before people worse than them, the Nazis at the time, mm-hmm. and therefore having to just look in probably a mix of horror, but also, I'm guessing, some form of satisfaction that it has worked You know, after the first explosion. Yeah, and then we move on to the official poster, as you say. Mm. Again, similar striking orange and browns. Maybe a little bit more complex. This I think we've got the the uh, the, the mechanism of the atomic bomb there in the background, with Cillian Murphy taking centre stage. But you still got all of that typography you've talked about, still mm. highlighting IMAX, etc. But yeah, it is it is a striking image. Yeah, and interestingly, uh, yesterday I went to see Mission Impossible, um, the one you walk in, because it's been out for a couple of weeks, uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie are all over the um, the building, and they use all three posters, uh, depending on the d- d- different part of the building. But but this one is the one that people know, so he's got, I assume to be the bomb behind him, this kind of menacing, uh, looming figure, ball full of wires and, and, and kind of uh, metal extension. And what is very interesting is they use different shapes. So you've got mm-hmm. the, squ- the square stroke portrait one, it's dead center, but very smartly they've also used one where the um, the montage of the bomb and Oppenheimer with Killian Murphy is offset to the right to mm-hmm. suit you know social media, sometimes offset to the left mm-hmm. to suit you know text on on the things. So you know back to you know it takes time and thinking to do mark people and um, this is you know what, what they've done but three posters um been used well and of course they are accompanied by trailers and tv radio spots um trailers we, we now know it's it's the way of doing things you have more than one trailer which I, I don't know um it is what it is but one thing they've done uniquely for this movie is to release a teaser trailer on the 28th of july 2022 mm-hmm. so pretty much a year before the release of the film. And at the end of this trailer, there was a live countdown to, you know, 5 o'clock, uh, 5.29 uh, in the morning, mountain summertime, the US time, for July the 16th of 2023. It's a year later. So a year-long countdown to coincide with the 78th anniversary of the first detonation of the atomic bomb. So literally you had this video, um, Roger, that was live on YouTube for nearly, eight and a half thousand hours <laughs> so you had this countdown and of course it was compelling so at near the very very end fans went online and when it got to zero so when the count went to zero there was a special 20 second video being played with montage from the film and the final word which i think are uttered by robert jr um, which you can hear say the man who moved the earth <laughs> and then that's it. And then and then he, and then it's gone. So it doesn't exist anymore. You have to find essentially copies of copies of fans who were there live that morning in the US to watch, you know, the final countdown and the message from the filmmakers. No, that's very clever. That's very clever. I love that idea. But there's, there's quite a lot of video um, um, support for this film going on. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there was the uh, teaser trailer, the uh, feature trailer. There was all all sort of things, you know, going down. They even offered what they call the opening look because one thing that is being claimed by, by the movie is twofold. There's the imagery, there's black and white IMAX, there's color IMAX, but there's also the, the music by Ludwig Granson, and there's also incredible sound effects. I mean, when we watch the trailer, when you watch the teaser trailer, the sound of that Geiger counter that we've learned to, mm. you know, to link to something dangerous that you, you know, get away is just, it's just uh, absolutely amazing. But one thing that, um, you know, is, is remarkable about the, the IMAX is sometimes people say IMAX and then not really pay attention to it, but this was done in very uniquely whereby, you know, the, the prints were double the size of normal kind of movie, 70 um, millimeters. But there's also the sheer weight of it. So when the theatres got the IMAX um, version, they had to create a special uh, projection machine. They had to actually add elements because it was so heavy. It was nearly 150 kilograms of film and nearly, uh, you know, six and a half kilometers in, in kind of length. So previous films were not as heavy and not as long. So they had to, and they made special documentaries about that as well. <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? I mean, um, I just assume these days that most films aren't really films. They're just digital files that play mm. uh, from a projector. But this was actually genuine film, even though it was big film. It was still celluloid. The, Chris Nolan is asked often, why do you not like CGI? Why do you do practical effects? And in this film, allegedly, he got permission to create this uh, the biggest explosion in, in film. It was very dangerous and they had to be away. And he said, because you can't trick the eye that much, not yet, and people mm -hmm. will be able to tell. So I'm, I'm thinking as well that the very first teaser poster was you know, a photo of the real explosion with all the dust and so on, because that would be very hard to mimic uh, with CGI. But we're in luck, because one thing that you and I have kind of um, on occasion be disappointed about and bemoans was a lack of a website to go mm. back to, particularly mm. when we do uh, film marketing reviews. There is a website and it is actually a very good website in terms of um, you know, adding to the experience uh, of the film. I don't know that you've had a chance to go to the website just yet, so I'm going to keep it short not to spoil uh, the surprise. So to begin with, it's by immersion. So you have the music in there, it still has that amber, orange, ochre, black color themes. You can essentially watch the trailers, of course, and watch the look at the posters. But when you first go for the first visit, you have a very short animation, text only, that tells you about the legend of Prometheus. Um, some people may know it because we reviewed the movie <laughs> of the same name on film marketing, this idea of, of the semi-god who gifted the, the fire to humans on Earth and got punished by, by the gods themselves. And in fact, um, when you do the research, you know that the, the film is vastly inspired by the book written called American Prometheus. So you have this reminder by the legend, which I think is interesting, So because it is essentially about this could be a, a big mistake, you know, um, um, creating the, the atomic bomb. Um, but the biggest element is a 3D interactive map. 
that takes you to the key locations linked to the historical event from Oppenheimer's office to the site of the first test and, and, and so on and so forth. And what I've done actually very cleverly, it's a very, very simple swipe system for mobile phones. So literally mm -hmm. you can imagine someone holding the phone <clears throat> and with their thumb just swiping up and then the map moves around, you know, dif different locations and, and, and so on. Um, one thing that surprised me a lot about the, the, this website, whilst it is stunning, as you would expect, from the post of the trailers and the film, and he really belonged to the family of you know Oppenheimer as as an experience. What would you want to embed the videos from YouTube? <laughs> that literally took me away, Roger. You know, because I, I mean, frankly, you could just embed them natively and keep you know the experience intact. Because of course, what happens when you finish watching video on YouTube? You get recommendation for uh, some are still linked to the Universal Pictures YouTube channel, but you also get a lot of rubbish. So I just thought that was a, a, a odd decision, or maybe it wasn't a decision. Which just uh, needs to needs to an end. But um, yeah, there's a website. At long last, we have a website to turn our attention to. No, and let's hope, Pascal, that the website hangs around for a while and that they, they actually keep it, uh, you know, keep it fresh because we've seen so many times in our um, uh, film marketing deliberations that fabulous websites to support films are often just um, left to left to fade away or left to rot or just taken down really quite quickly. Uh, so this one looks like it deserves to be enjoyed now, but also it's, it's sort of the one, one that you could revisit in the future. So let's hope they keep it where it is. Yeah, because there, there are obviously um, you know, information, historical information, this trivia and so on. So you could literally watch the film and go and see the web, the website and, and inform yourself. I think actually they should expand on the website mm. and keep adding to it um, moving forward and, and make it maybe a point for you know for schools as well as for film fans fans like like you, you and I. Um, because typically, to your point, you know, a website exists and then it's changed to a link to let's say the. The distribution studios, you know, on a, on a really boring landing page where they say, "Well, you can watch it now on Hulu or Netflix," but there's no more of, of that um, of that communication. I, I'm just going to close very quickly on um, another marketing decision, which are around the featurettes. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, it, it's it's done very often. I will say that I've not watched them because I thought there's going to be full of spoilers. It has to be, <laughs> yes. you know. So. But it's almost this uh, angle of um, no need to wait for the Blu-ray extras. We're going to give it to you. Yeah. So you've got things like, you know, why this uh, shot in IMAX um, for IMAX and, and the they, they've got a whole historical background about, you know, which they call pushing the... Uh, the bottom, the cast, of course, talking about both the characters. That, and I have to say, you know, that must be such a monumental uh, decision to uh, take on the role of someone that has existed, maybe still alive, mm -hmm. and and all those characters. You've got obviously the the, the infamous first test of the the atomic bomb, and then happily, because you and I are a huge fan of music composition, they have a featurette on the the score of Oppenheimer and. Um, what they've done about it but happily or not they said don't don't you worry um go to the movies you don't have to wait and delay thinking the blue would be better um uh, with the extras because we're going to give you the extras right now
That's, that's something I've never really thought about before, but I do genuinely wonder now how many people think, do you know what, let's not go to the cinema to see this. We'll wait till it comes out on Blu-ray because we know we're going to get all the extras. Whereas mm. here they're basically saying, we'll give you them now so you can come to the cinema to see the film. <laughs> I do quite actually l- like that. So, yeah, absolutely some stunning visuals to accompany this and for once a fabulous website. And, yep, yeah, all of those uh, all of those features and and trailers and everything added together it's quite a marketing package isn't it it is and listen what we do as film marketing you know you and i have a give us up a brief we stick to the marketing effort um from the producers and distributors themselves but uh, literally if i had time i would tell you about all the media coverage mm. all the interviews uh, press radio and tv all the kind of um fun Q and A's with like Wired, you know, where they ask people to answer questions from Google, starting with a question, "Why does Robert Downey Jr.?" and then there's a blank, and then you know whatever Google completes, you know, they have to answer. So those are fun. Um, so I think for, from the point of view of um, you know the, the marketing control sustained, they stuck to their color themes, they stuck to you know um, I would argue a, a strategy. And then the rest is about the PR machine. And uh, between those two, um, Barbenheimer or Barbieheimer, uh, I couldn't care less. I think you know what has <laughs> been um, very interesting, however, is that the media has stopped repeating, uh, you know, like bands or movies or, or or location against each other. You know, whilst I first, I first, first, sorry, I thought this was a bit daft. You know, this Barbenheimer. What this was telling us that there's a shift change in mood about actually it's about cinema it's about going to the movies and we should welcome the fact that people can still make movies that they're still profitable so we can see them for years to come so the message from tv radio and social media was more it was not again don't go and see oppenheimer go and see uh, barbie they said go and see both of them mm-hmm. and to that point killing murphy was recorded on on you know some tiktok video where he was saying to people go and see both you know go and see my movie you know and oppenheimer and go and see, uh, go and see barbie is support of the movie industry and at a time where I don't know where we are with a strike, you know, for actors and writers, but um, audiences, you know, let's let's do that. Let's go and see both if we can. I have to say, Pascal, I'm <laughs> suspecting that Barbie might be a Blu-ray film for us, but I hope you enjoy Oppenheimer tomorrow, and I'm sure thank we'll you. enjoy it when we get round to going to see it. Well, everybody, thank you so much once again for tuning into Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. Hope you enjoyed all of the things that Pascal and I have been talking about this week. If you've got any questions or any comments on what we've talked about, get in touch with us. Get in touch with us on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week. Um, Talk to us on LinkedIn. Leave a comment on the YouTube video. And we'd just love to hear your suggestions for future items of content we can talk about marketing tech and apps and films that you'd like us to review so until next time please go out there and make sure that your marketing is done right i was roger edwards and he was pascal fintoni
Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates.